Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Before we get to today's show, guys, uh, again, want to let you know, and you'll hear about this a little bit later on in the program, March for Cancer is next week. D.C. Alexander Park on Fort Lauderdale Beach, 7 a.m., 5K walk run to support families who are right now dealing with cancer, help their financial burdens, um, things they're going through. Just to give them a little financial relief, it all goes to them. Uh, marchforcancer.org. Please register. Uh, if you can't make it out there and say hello to me, uh, you can still donate. Any bit helps. It's uh, it's much appreciated, and you guys are always awesome with this. Every single year we bring it up, so thank you for that. Um, and a little bit later on in the show, if any of you guys missed it, had Antonio Tarver on the program on my midday show, 1 to 3, every week with uh, Leroy and Beast. He came on. And we were talking some silly stuff like uh, Hogan versus Stallone. That was a debate that Leroy and I had. But he also got into uh, his desire to fight Tony Bellew, have a little uh, Rocky Saga counterpart matchup there, and and the things that Eddie Hearn is doing right now, as uh, we talked a little bit about in today's show. So can't recommend enough uh, listening to this Antonio Tarver interview if you didn't hear it. Uh, we'll have that at the end of the podcast for you if you guys want to check that out. Um, so... Let's get into, we had a busy night of fights last night. Let's get into the show. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. As for the next hour, we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Had ourselves a packed, packed night last night. Packed. We had boxing on ESPN. We had Bellator 199 Heavyweight Grand Prix continued. We had UFC 224. Lost in the shuffle of me yesterday, there was HBO boxing. I didn't even realize that. I woke up this morning, they're like, yeah, this happened on HBO. They even had to specify that it was on HBO on uh, on, on a lot of the what, like HBO boxing lists. I was like, it was? Now, no disrespect to him. No disrespect to to Jaime Manguia getting the uh, the win over Saddam Ali. Good for him. Didn't watch a lick of it. Couldn't, couldn't keep up yesterday. There were just other things that I was prioritizing. So, uh, shout out to him. But the uh, the boxing world yesterday was captivated, captivated by what went down on ESPN. Hell of a fight went down between Vasily Lomachenko and Jorge Linares. They were fighting for the WBA lightweight title, 135 pounds. Lomachenko trying to get his third championship in another weight class, trying to become the fastest to collect three belts in different weight classes. So it was uh, it was heavy stakes. He's thrilling. I, I I just don't know what accolades I could put on top of it that everybody else is throwing on to to make fight fans realize that we're watching something special. 
that he is he's a different kind of cat when it comes to watching him in that ring. He's doing different stuff. His footwork is mesmerizing, and it's great to see. It's great to see somebody like that thrill the boxing world. I don't feel like we've had that in a little bit. He's something. Uh, he's something just a little bit different. I don't even know if he is the best. I think we saw yesterday with fighting Jorge Linares that there's still vulnerabilities there that because of the footwork, because of the angles, that if you don't get too rattled by it, you can still catch him. And if he's going to continue to go up and wait, which is seemingly the natural thing to do, not many guys go down and wait after they continue to collect belts, they go up and they take bigger challenges. So there may be even more of a risk there for Vasily Lomachenko as the fights get bigger, as the, the lucrative paydays that continue to tempt him get bigger, will he continue to go up in weight classes? Uh, it's an interesting question to see because I think he's only got so much of a limit to go to. But I think it is interesting watching him. He reminds me so much of watching the rise of Manny Pacquiao. And I remember just being thrilled watching that kind of offensive display because it's not just that he makes people miss and that he's in and out and he's at different angles, but it's what he's hitting you with. It's with the angles that he's hitting you at from, um, you know, there was one point in, in, I think it was the fourth round where he just kept peppering Lenars with his uppercut again and again and again. Lenars just, he couldn't do anything about it. And you're talking about a, 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 a great champion here in, in Jorge Lenars who, um, has been on such a roll for himself and knew that he had a huge challenge in front of him. Um, it ends up getting beat because he puts him down in the sixth round. Uh, 10-8 round goes Linares' way. Maybe starting to get himself back into the fight. Because at that point, I thought this it, it looked like he was taking on water to me. I was a little bit surprised to see how close the judges had it. Going back on it, I could see where they were headed. Because two judges, one judge, Letterman had it even at the time of the knockout. And one judge had it for Linares by a round. The other had it for Lomachenko by a couple rounds, excuse me. And I was I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, man, people really think Linares was that into the fight? They thought that it was that close? I just wasn't seeing it. Um, you know, maybe they were giving him a lot of credit for those by shots. I just didn't see Lomachenko get bothered by really anything outside of that knockdown. There was an exchange in the, in the I think it was the ninth, where you could say, ah, eh, you know, Lenars really had the best flurry there, but I do think that in, in in fights sometimes we begin grading the opponent on a curve because they are are getting swarmed so badly that any sign of life they show, we're like, boom, that's a round I'm going to give to him. So it's not so insurmountable. I think a little bit of that was happening with Lenars yesterday because I didn't think it was really even close. Um, I I really thought that that Lomachenko was given in the business all night outside of the round where he was put to the canvas. But a, a thrilling fight. It's not like it was it's not like it wasn't without its moments of drama. It wasn't like Nanars was completely outclassed. It's just I came out of those rounds thinking, yeah, but he didn't win. He didn't win the round. I thought Lomachenko came out of those rounds winning. And I think the thing that was most thrilling as a boxing fan watching what Lomachenko was doing yesterday was okay, he looked he, he the 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 trickery and the movement and the angles, that was all cute for a few rounds. Then, bam, he was off balance for for one second. Lenars gave him a straight one right down the pipe. Boom, he's on the canvas. Pops right back up. How's he going to respond to this? Responded just fine. Didn't look like he was, 
he was too rattled by it, looked like he was able to weather the storm and get right back into it. Now, there was also that point in the fight where it seemed like Lomachenko, after getting hit on the canvas, wasn't as willing to put himself in the kitchen for a couple rounds. Needed to get the cobwebs going, needed to adjust, needed to get get himself at that right distance again where he felt comfortable to start playing it up again. And he did that and really, really started putting it on Linares in the 10th round to such a point where he 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 couldn't keep up with the combinations that were going upstairs and bang, hits him down below, body shot, liver shot that Linares wasn't able to get up from and was able to seal the deal, get himself a, a win of the WBA title. This guy's thrilling. He's thrilling. He is, I think right now, if you're talking about individual performance, we're talking, I think, the most exciting fighter to watch in boxing. I still hesitate to call him the best, even though it's getting harder and harder to keep that accolade away from him. I still don't know if he got in there with a Terrence Crawford, if Terrence Crawford doesn't do work, if that's too big for him, um, and if Terrence Crawford's just flat out better. You know, I think I think you look at Crawford, you look at Bud Crawford and the kind of violence that he goes in there with, the bad intentions that he goes in there with, he may be a scarier fighter pound for pound than Lomachenko is, but Lomachenko, the mental warfare that he puts on his opponents is just incredible. Um, you know, we, we saw in this last matchup that he had where he took on Guillermo Rigandau, a guy who, in his own right, makes guys feel frustrated, lulls them to sleep, really gets that mental warfare going, and he made him not want to continue, so much so that we haven't seen him back in, an, in, a, in a ring since. Um, and now to see him take this next challenge of going to take up Linares, who was clearly bigger than him, who had the size, who had the natural power, um but didn't seem bothered by it. Like, he was in his kitchen. He was doing things. I mean, it, it really, to me, it it, it, it it reminded me of watching two guys. Two guys, because of the kind of flash, because of the kind of bravado that they would go and fight with in, in recent memory. And I thought that it, it really reminded me of Manny, Manny Pacquiao, and it reminds me of Roy Jones. Those two types of guys where you're just like, wow, this guy is a show among himself. So maybe the opponent isn't the flashiest. Maybe the opponent uh, isn't the greatest. But even still, he's going to put on a show no matter what. Even if it's even if he's going in there and you see that the guy's swamped, you still want to see what he's doing. You want to see if he's going. Is Lomachenko going to pull out the the patent and matador move? Is he going to go in there? Boom, boom, boom! And now you can't see him. You can't even catch him. It, it was really, really breathtaking to watch. Really thrilling. This guy's is it's a fun watch. And for right now, if you want to talk about where Showtime's, uh, where ESPN stands with top rank, he's got to be their big attraction. Everybody's talking about the uh, the buzz that was last night in a packed fight night and, and a night that could have taken attention away in a lot of angles from from combat sports fans. He stole the show. He really is, uh, he really is something special. Really, really something special. And it's fun to have that here in boxing. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting is what kind of leaps is he going to take? You know, I saw that. Uh, speaking of Pacquiao, that was a potential name that was thrown around. He's got to fight Lucas Matisse coming up, but would they eventually do that matchup? You know, Manny and Top Rank have done a ton of business. You want to build a big name. They're still their biggest draw to date on ESPN has been Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn in Australia. So if you give Lomachenko that kind of a matchup, is that potentially a uh, is that potentially a fight that could leap him into super superstardom if he were able to beat? Manny Pacquiao. I think that'd be a very fun, interesting fight to see how that goes. 
Um, because, you know, Lomachenko's at the point where Manny used to be, where Manny would go into those fights, the challenge seemed too big, or the challenge seemed too difficult, and he'd go and he'd break down an opponent and, and move on. And you, you, you kept coming away in that run of, wow, what is the next thing this guy's going to do that is going to thrill us? That you, you think that the challenge got too big until he was able to top it again. I mean, that real, that real prime level of Manny Pacquiao, where it's not even just the wars that he had with uh, Barrera or Marquez um, or, 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 uh, or Morales. I'm talking like the next levels when he started leaping weight classes and, and taking his power with him. Um, and yeah, you can certainly look. I'm not going to be uh, naive to know, well, that power stayed with him. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, we know. Maybe Manny Pacquiao was juiced to the gills as well. But that skill set of watching Manny Pacquiao throughout his entire career of the barrage he would hit guys with, the number of punches that he hits you with, the 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 take one to give six, it was it was just such an onslaught of offense. With Lomachenko, it's a little bit of he is he he's still elusive enough where the defense is still a factor. Making the guys miss, I think, is still the calling card. But the return fire is that of a Manny Pacquiao level. You know, Manny was uh, was willing to, get, to 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 get hit to deliver his offense. Was never really known as the best defensive guy in the world, even though he was so fast when he was taking those guys up at weight classes. That it, it was just a, a set of because of how fast he was. That was almost as good as his defense was. Aside from just you know slipping punches or or, or making guys miss in the, in the more traditional way. Vasily's doing that same thing. You know, he is, he is, I think, making people miss the priority right now, but he was willing to stand in there, take big shots, let Linares get his, so he could also be in there and delivering more shots in, in the return fire. It really was, uh, it really was masterful and fun watching him yesterday. So, um, yeah, I mean, the next time he comes around, if you guys missed it last night, I, I recommend going to watch the highlights. And if you're still not on this train, I really, really think it's time to get aboard because it continues to be more exciting every time he steps into that into that ring. A lot of things going on last night, like we said. Uh, that was the big business from the boxing standpoint. Lomachenko really stole the show. I want to say one thing before we get out of here for uh, for and get into UFC 224 from last night and an atrocious job done in the main event by the challenger's corner. Why the hell is his name changed? I don't understand this, and I don't know if anybody's picking up this. I feel like it's starting to go. They start. They they start spelling his name different. It's weird. He used to spell his name V I S V A S Y L Vasily, but I guess because nobody understands how to spell Vasily, now they're phonetically spelling it, and nobody seems to have an agreed upon spelling of Vasily Lomachenko. So I'm just very confused by it because now I don't know how many eyes I got to add into it or whatever. I, it, it, it's weird to me. Why did we do this? He had a very simple name to spell, and it felt like he was so common in the vernacular of sports fans that we were going to be cool. It's Vasily Lomachenko. Let him spell it how he wants to spell it. But no, now everybody's spelling his name differently, and it's it's weirding me out. I don't appreciate it. We'll get to UFC 224 next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. You can text show 67974 on the text line. 
Some writers uh, saying that I uh, have to watch the fight from last night on HBO. Minguia, uh, Maniga looks like the uh, like a monster, the way he beat uh, uh, Saddam Ali. So I will check that out. It just slipped my mind. I like ran on the screen yesterday. <laughs> and so it just was like, it was low on the totem pole, man. It was low on the totem pole. But I definitely will check it out and uh, try and give some thoughts for next week. Um, also points out that Gary Russell Jr. is very exciting to watch, just very inactive. He is back in action next week. You guys can check him on Showtime. Him and the Russell brothers will be on. Um, it's also the Badu Jack card for uh, for Showtime. So Showtime's got some some good bouts for next week if you're looking for action to watch, um, as well as we got UFC Chile. Um, another text to write since says, don't think Manny takes that fight at this point in his career, referring to the Lomachenko fight. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the reason I think, I think Manny's looking for one last big one. And I think that, I think that would be a monster. I think with, with all they're doing with the, uh, with the ESPN plus and getting people to tune in and, and subscribe to that, that would drive a lot of subscribers to that. I think, I think Manny would make a ton of cash and boxing is in an interesting place right now with its economy, with its, with its model, you know, this week. We had a couple announcements. UFC announced a deal with ESPN Plus that's going to start in 2019. You saw yesterday that ESPN Plus was getting pushed hard with the boxing. I think and combat sports is going to have a big place on that streaming platform. And Eddie Hearn also announced this week that he is entering in a billion, that's right, a billion dollar agreement with, uh, I don't know the company, Dazen. It's an American streaming platform. It's to... It's uh, it's going to be his means to bring the uh, the boxing game to America, and I don't know how much we're going to be having left on premium kale because Eddie Hearn went out there and he said basically, basically Eddie Hearn's top targets are all premier boxing champion guys. All the all the guys you see right now in Showtime boxing between the Charlo brothers, Deontay Wilder, uh, Adrian Broner, all those guys that that little cluster there. He is trying to bring all those guys to to his. Errol Spence was also on his list. Keith Thurman was also on his list. So he wants to take all of Showtime's main guys. And it's just an interesting time because let's say that... Let's just say that we get to a point where all these guys are gone. HBO's really taking a step back as far as the amount of content they throw out there, the kind of content they're throwing out there. And let's be honest, as a fan, subscribing to HBO and Showtime every single month, not cheap. I mean, unless you got a bundle deal, but you know, eventually those things run out and you don't want to have to renegotiate with uh, DirecTV or your cable company every single th- every time 3 months rolls around. Um you know, if you're talking $5 a month for ESPN Plus and let's just say 19 99 let's call it 1599 whatever it is for the um for Eddie Hearn's thing and then you talk another uh so now if you're a combat fan you listen to this show for 6 bucks a month you're getting a lot of HBO fights uh, I mean a lot of boxing matches a lot of UFC fights and you know then on top of that Pending the month, you could probably subscribe for Eddie Hearn's place and and get those. I just think it's going to be a lot more economical for fight fans. There's a lot of different places you're going to have to purchase, which is kind of a pain in the ass. So maybe this becomes a thing where people are cord cutting and they don't want to deal with it anymore. But I think it is interesting to see that boxing 
is always going to have this niche little place. People are always going to want to tune into the big fights, no matter the means to go do it. Um, I just don't know how much pay-per-view is going to be a thing anymore, and I don't know how much having that premium cable is going to be a thing anymore because seemingly these streaming companies are gunning for them, and I don't know if uh, I, I think that I think I think fans would be willing for a more efficient alternative as opposed to paying for showtime if you just do it purely for boxing look like a lot of people like showtime showtime's got great shows so i like it and i have the billions and uh all the programs that they got on there that that people enjoy uh same thing with hbo if it's a game of thrones year you can go and you get game of thrones and whatnot but the fights are becoming you know fewer for hbo and and for showtime showtime is still i feel like if you're a boxing fan giving you your bang for your buck they're giving you a lot of good fights um but if somebody can come in and do it cheaper I do think that we have a little bit of a of a dilemma to go there with. And then with HBO, with UFC, you know, the UFC, they still are going to have their pay-per-views. Boxing, it's hard to see where the pay-per-views are anymore. You know, you, you watch and you look as a fan, and you're like, well, who is getting my 60 bucks anymore? That's a hard one to determine. I mean, if it's not Canelo Alvarez, I really don't know who's doing it. I think outside of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder right now, not many, not many for a fight fan. Um, so with the UFC, if you're a, if you're a boxing fan, I think it's going to get more reasonable for you. If you're a UFC fan or if you're a fan of everything, still tough because you know that they're still going to hold those gems to their vest to still make you pay $60, $70 to watch those fights. So it's not quite all the way, but I do think things are going to get different. And that'll be an interesting thing to check out. Um, from last night, we had UFC 224. It was a good card. Um, big notes that came out of it. Leona Machida, he front kicks Vitor Belfort in the face. And Vitor now has the honor of being the only person to get front kicked twice in his career. Leona Machida, uh, thrilling ending to a, a, a lackluster fight. These guys were both sizing each other up, really looking for that, that big shot. And it gets Vitor. I hope it is the... If it is the end for Vitor, um, you know, a, a, a crazy career, a long-spanning career. I don't even think we realize how long-spanning that career was. But it almost seemed too appropriate the way it ended last night that that was the end. That, you know, he, he fell for the kick right to the grill. I don't know. You know, he was talking about messages and things of uh, of, of meeting. I don't know if it could get much more of a clearer message than front kick right to your grill. And that and that's a wrap on it. So for him, uh, really thank you for all the entertainment. If it was the end for Vitor Belfort, who uh who you know lives down here, has trained down here for a long time. Um I don't think anybody, I mean this this has to be said, I don't think the the TRT ban had affected anybody more than Vitor Belfort, because that career took a really, really weird turn. Once you weren't allowed to get that exemption anymore because he went from the Hulk to dad bod real quick. And it was a bummer to see because that era was fun. I mean, you're talking about a guy. He was, he was within, within inches of beating John Jones. He was, he was on John Jones arm like a dog on a pork chop. He was really, really close to finishing him. And now you see where he's at. It's just like it felt. It feels like Vitor goes into all these fights now, and he's got about a two-minute window. And if he doesn't get you, it's over. There's gonna be a moment where he gets caught. So it does. 
for for a lot of fighters, I'm more the camp. I'm I'm cool with guys hanging on. With Vitor though, it's been a lot of knockouts. It's been a lot of finishes for Vitor, and it'd be cool to just see it ride off into the sunset. Because I don't know how much more return fire he has. Because I don't know if he can get through a full fight anymore with a with a real dangerous striker, and and not take that kind of a finish. Good morning, Seema. Good morning, Tommy Guns. How are you guys? Good morning. It's great to see you. Good to see you as always. How you been? Very good. Very good. Got you caught. sound pumped this morning. I am pumped, man. That was a fun night last night. Yeah. Fun night. A lot of things going on. Uh, bouncing around a lot. It, you know it was fun last night? It wasn't a lot of waiting around because of all the fights were going on. It was free. It was free. A lot of it was A lot free. was free. Um, and and so, and you got a lot of finishes. One of a ton of boring fights outside of John Fitch and Paul Daly, which was just so bad. So bad that Paul Daly was booing it. He was. He was booing I thought it. that was great. I thought that was great, too. John Fitch has got to be top four most boring fighters of all time. Yeah. Like, it's got to be John Fitch, Jake Shields, GSP. I'm missing somebody. Like, where, who else gets into that category? What, was it a split? <laughs> it was a split decision, right? Or was it unanimous? I thought it was unanimous. Was it split? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 was, changed I, changed I changed it. I changed it. I was done. I was just like, Did all right. Did you say GSP? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Tommy Guns. He's boring. He's and good. his dry hump days, he's really, he's really, he's really good. But he's you haven't boring. even seen him in a while. I, I have seen him. He just fought Bisping, and that was a good fight. But he's boring. <laughs> okay, it's jabs and takedowns. It's boring. He's awesome. That's how he got pregnant. He's a really good fighter, but he's boring. John Fitch was super boring, though. That was yeah. something. Well, he always has been. Yeah, he I was shocked been. to see him back. I was too. I was too. I thought he was. Uh, I guess because the World Series is kind of over now. They're in this PFL league thing, uh, so he was looking for something else. So cool, um, good win for him. I guess. He, what happens to Paul Daly? I don't know. He's not happy with them, from what I heard. He's he's, he's him and Scott Coker are at, are at odds. Yeah. Um, the other, but the problem for him is, isn't he kind of banned from the UFC? Yeah. So, I mean, unless Dana's mended that fence. You know, after the fight was over, I thought the same thing was going to happen. What? I thought he was going to run over and punch Fitch. No, Fitch. I thought he was going to run over and punch Fitch after the fight when Fitch wasn't looking or something. He's done that a couple times now, though. Like, he is, he's kind of shameless in the regard of, I don't like fighting guys who take people down. He did the same thing with Rory. Rory, you know, did the thing where he took him down. He couldn't do anything with it. And he's, uh, he's, what did you say to all that fought there like a man there, chap? Put two fists up. Let's go. Like, all right, well, it's not the it's not the sport. Like, I don't like watching it either, but it's not the sport. So I don't know. What, I, I don't really know what to tell Paul Daly. You got to change something about the sport. I, I don't know. I can't. I yeah. can't. I can only watch. I can only watch and, and sit and hear, and that's it. Create a movement. Um, And then before, I guess we'll wrap up Bellator before we get no to the spooning. UFC. Uh, that King Mo. Bader fight. That was quick. That was. <laughs> did that, you blink? That was in a snap. You didn't go get popcorn, did you? I forgot what was on on the other screen. I think Kelvin versus. Because uh, I had a multi screen night going on. I had. Uh, I think I had Kelvin and Jacare on the other one. I think it was at the same time. And so I'm like, I'm in the midst of that. And so I was like, all right, Bader and King. I was even going to pause it to just, you know, like I'll pause it and I'll get to that after this one's done, you know, in between co main and main. And you didn't have to. It was over. I didn't have to <laughs> just watch the entire fight between rounds. It was over. Um, that was something. I didn't think Beta looked good. He did, and uh, now he fights Mitrione in the uh, in the semifinals. It's Chael versus Fedor, and isn't it amazing? 
how some of these guys, they look unstoppable when they get to Bellator yeah. after they leave UFC, but in UFC, they're like on a treadmill. Yep. I think, uh, you, know, it's, you know, it's funny though, like, Mitrion and Fader have already fought. I think both smaller guys are going to win. I don't think, I think, I think Bader's going to win and I think Chael's going to win. I think we're, and so we're basically going to have a heavyweight title that's going to be held by a heavyweight <laughs> in Bellator. Like, it's weird, but I, I, I just, I see, I see Chael being able to take Did down. Did Liam McGeary fight? Uh, he didn't get invited, did he? No, he didn't. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. He was their former heavyweight champion, wasn't he? Uh, was it heavy or light? Oh, maybe it was light. I think it was, it was light. light. Yeah, because I think, didn't Bader just beat him? No, Bader beat, no, Phil beat him and uh, Bader beat Phil. Yeah. Um, But no, like, the only thing I think Chael's got to look out for is he doesn't do that dumb thing where he jumps into a guillotine and I think he should be okay taking Fedor down. Um, And then with Matt, I think kind of the same thing and, and Bader's looked really, really good since he's gone to Bellator, like you said. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Now, is he looking really good because he's, Focused, or is he looking really good because he's at Bellator? I don't know. Level competition, perhaps. What do you think, Tom? I think he could probably do. But if you, it's funny now. If you look at two hundred five and UFC, he probably could do good there because it's kind of barren right now. Yeah, I think so. He looks good. He does. I don't think it has to, anything to do with Bellator. Yeah, I think he could win wherever he's at. Well, I think it's uh, it's good for him getting that win. Uh, UFC two twenty four, the uh, the main event. It was a whooping. Bad beating. But interesting thing happened between four and five where Raquel Pennington tells her corner, I'm done. I'm done. And the corner says, no, you're not. You're going out there. And then it got even worse. Uh, pretty, pretty gross to watch. Not great. Uh, what did you guys make of watching that with uh, Rocky having to take that extra beating? First of all, I give it up to Pennington because she did come to fight. Yeah. You know, she didn't fold up and I I never I never really anticipated the fight was going to go past round 1. I thought that Nunez was going to come in and just start swinging. I do believe their friendship and them knowing each other. Yes. Did play a part in her ferociousness not being there. Um but really really bad day for that camp of Pennington. I think they looked like um, a bunch of scumbags. Yeah. Really. I mean, when a fighter tells you that they're done, and first she said it to the cut man, and the cut man looked at the corner because the corner was out outside the cage. Yep. And um, the cut man says she, she's saying she's done. And they're like, no, she's not. She turns around and she says, no, I'm no, done. No, 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 I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. No, you're not. You could do this. You could do this. No, you're not done. You're not done. And to me, that's just um, lack of care for your, for your fighter. I mean, this is, in most fight camps, it's a family. And I think that we all could look at ourselves and say, would we send one of our family members out? Well, I should take that back because some of us would love to send our family members out for, you know. For the ones we uh, like. Yeah. Um, Supposedly, the ones we like. Another round of that. But <clears throat> for the most part, I think if you, you know, you truly love and care about somebody as a part of your family, to see them going through what they've already gone through for, for four rounds and not have an answer and the damage just continued to accumulate getting, you know, Getting hit, I think there were 120 headshots, something like that. Yeah. And while she was landing shots, 
she was never landing anything that appeared to cause significant no, damage yeah, to no Nunez. There's no game changer there. No. There's, it, there's nothing she was going to pull out of her hat that was going to change this. Um, and I think you, I just don't know how you're not aware of that as it's happening. What are you hoping is going to occur? Well, you're, you're hoping that Nunez is going to, you know, they're a, a big portion of their game plan was fourth or fifth round. Nunez is going to start to tire, right? But she paced herself. Pennington never really put any pressure on Nunez. Yeah, but she never and, and really that, caused her to. To exert any yeah, and that's any also, additional energy. I also think that's something that that Nunez has kind of squashed over the last couple of years of her career. She really has paced herself well. Well, since she's paced. A she's paced herself well. The problem is nobody's put any pressure on her to cause her True. to slide in the in the later yeah. rounds. And I think that every fighter could potentially slide in the later rounds as long as their opponent's putting pressure on her. But right. if it's like if it's like you're sparring and you're in a you're in a a a um a sparring or a punching clinic, then you're not going to feel that type of pressure that causes you to start to to decline in 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 your adrenaline and and all these types of things. But just back to the corner. I mean, complete disregard. Obviously, Pennington could have said something to the ref. She could have said, "I'm done," and the ref would have had to stop it. Uh, there was nothing said to the ref, right? But um, that's tough, though. Like that's if you've just been pressured, convinced, whatever you want to call it, by the people who are supposedly get get you prepared for a fight. I guess you're just supposed to go out. Like do you, like that's that's a rare one where you go and tell, I've never seen that. Before. Tell the ref like, nah, they don't want me to stop or or I'm done. Like that's 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 an odd. I mean, I guess you could submit to strikes. I've seen the opposite many times. I've seen corners say, hey, you know, if you don't show me something. I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it. You know, nothing is changing here, and and I'm going to stop it if you don't go out there and show me something. But for her corner to tell her, no, you're not stopping. You're going to keep going. I think uh, I think it's pretty crazy. And the fighters were speaking out against it as well. Very upset. When, when someone, when a fighter mentally is done, it doesn't matter what physical attributes they possess they're done yep because mentally you're just not in the game yeah like maybe there's a situation like we saw i think it was last two weeks ago it was kevin lee edson barbosa <laughs> where barbosa was taking a hell of a beating and he threw out a, a wheel kick from nowhere mm-hmm. penton doesn't have that like, no penton doesn't have that in, in, in her arsenal that's um and i thought it i thought in that fight i thought that was going to be the end of the fight for Kevin Lee started doing that Zab Judah dance, and, and you know you know what happens after the Stanky Zab leg. Judah dance. Yep, you uh, go to sleep. I gotta say though, Pennington did very well overcoming all the challenges that she had to go through to get to where she's at today. So yeah, she's as, she's as game as they come. Yeah, you know you're just look having right. her legs crushed from an ATV yeah. accident. Like right now, we're just watching with Nunez. We were just watching. We're watching one of the the real good runs. Like she is, she's on an incredible run right now, which she's turned into, and how she's bettered herself with the cardio and all that. Because that used to be her thing. Like, you know, um, yeah, you'll get you'll get Amanda being a cyclone for a round, but then what happens after that? And I think she's weathered a lot of that and proven a lot of people that she she does have another level to get to. And right now she's. You know, she's halfway to to Rousey's record of of title defenses. She's beaten Rousey along the way. Um, you know, she's get, 
The, the only thing I, I would say with, with uh, uh, Amanda right now is she's almost got a lack of challenge in that division yeah. because – you know, the only person you can look in that top ten who's who's given her any kind of hell has been Katzengano, and Katzengano's on a bad slide right now. So they may have to go the route of her fighting Cyborg to give her any kind of a challenge. And I don't know if that's that's fair for a, a distinguished champion like her to say, "Oh, well, look, we need a challenge for you. You got to go fight Chris Cyborg." Good luck. I think she could. Do, I think once she hits that six title defenses, then I think that's a fight you talk about. Yeah. She's going to want that. I, I believe that she's going to want that for her. And and the UFC might want that for her as well, especially because of the turn that Ronda's taken. Perhaps. Yeah, you might be right. We'll get to a little bit more of all the uh, the fight game that went down. A lot of news and notes happening this week as well. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 7-9. we got to get to your McKenzie turn take in just a sec because that was hilarious. Um, March for Kansas coming up next week, guys. Uh, yes, indeed. 7 a.m. D.C. Alexander Park right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Uh, really great event that you guys put on every single year. It's really tremendous. You coming out? Coming out. I registered last week. Beautiful. I'm ready to roll. It's uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun day. It is. It's, it's a be beautiful a- thing. Beautiful thing. I got my. I'm trying to trying to get myself into some some uh, jogging shape, and let's uh, let's get into this thing. There you go. You're gonna set your record time. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. It's not a hard record. What's to break. your previous record? Slow. <laughs> Fifty. I think I was minutes. too embarrassed to even look last time. I forgot what it was. <laughs> you 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 dabbed the time clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, man, these corners don't stop. It's going. <laughs> I didn't think the beach was this big. Uh, no, it's only a 5K. It is only 5K. Running not my thing, Tommy Guns. Not my thing. Never has been. More well, of a, it's a walk or it's a, run. It's a, yeah, I know, but like I'm gonna I, and I'll throw some walk in there, but I'm gonna try and 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 keep it at some kind of a uh, a yog or a pace <laughs> that I can. Uh, walk, walk gracefully. Walk gracefully. Well, it is cool. Like you guys, I mean, if you are out there, like people go as families. It's pretty cool. You see people out there with strollers. They got like a whole pack because it's you know people either doing it for their family members to to honor somebody whether it's to do somebody who's going through the fight right now of cancer but man it's 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 a really great event to raise money for people who are in the fight for cancer right now and uh, and and need help with things that are going on in their lives because you don't realize I think it's not only just the scary burden of you have this deadly disease to face but um, what it does to you financially or personally. Uh, getting through those struggles is, is really, really hard. Indeed. And that's really that's really why the March for Cancer was established. It was uh, established during my fight with brain cancer. And uh, we created this organization and this fund with Memorial Healthcare Systems and the Memorial Cancer Institute to provide support and subsidies for individuals that are actually fighting for cancer. So there's a lot of organizations that develop research centers and they're trying to find a cure, which is great. Yeah. God bless really them. Awesome. We wish them all the best. However, there are millions and millions of people every year that are in the fight of their life, face to face with it. There's not going to be a cure in during the time frame that they're in treatment or they're faced with this challenge. And we're really there to help support them with quality quality of life items such as uh, transportation to and from treatments. Um being able to subsidize utility bills. Some people, they get laid off yeah. during during their treatments because they're not able to go to work. They're so depleted of energy and they're, they're, they're just not feeling right. 
and they can't they can't hold a job, so they're they're not able to work and generate income for for their their household. Uh, some single parents who they're the only means of income into the house, and we're able to step in and support um, providing utility bills, uh, p- providing the funds for utility bills, providing food that's considerate of the treatment that they're going through. Individuals that can actually go there, making sure that they're in a clean, safe environment. It's really an, an, an amazing fund. We have unbelievable support. Our corporate sponsors from from Hard Rock to Auto Nation to Starbucks, um, everybody has really stepped in. And and it's it's important to really pay all. We're tremendously blessed yeah. to live in, in this country, to have the resources that we have and to be able for for me personally to be able to to make it through um this fight myself uh, to have great people around me and a support system that that was second to none. Not everybody is blessed to have those those things around them. Um, so so if we can step in and help subsidize and be there to support those and encourage those while they're in the fight of their life and take care of of some of those challenges that that create additional stress in your life and take your your focus off of the task at hand and the task at hand at that point is to win this battle. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you said, like, um, really, really, like one of the things that just you take away from it every time you go is just how, uh, uplifting it is to see a community like that come together and rally and be strong and take something that is scary and daunting and turn it almost as, as fuel and powerful and just go, go forth. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible to see a community rally like that. I think I I have to agree with you year after year of seeing those people that come out to participate that's looking for some type of unification with others that may have been in that fight that truly understand from a first person's perspective, um, the camaraderie, the fellowship that takes place during this race to generate funds to be able to assist those that are really in need at this time insurance goes a certain spot and it stops and benefits are in a certain area code or a zip code. And with the March for cancer, it provides real meaningful gestures for that person that needs something right now. Yeah. And for children, for elders, for everyone in between, it just makes a big difference. I recall being in so many um, audiences when we're talking about March for cancer and there are so many people in the audience that says, you know, I've always wanted to do something, but I thought, what could I do? I'm just one person. Therein was the birth of individually our voices are like whispers in the wind, but collectively we can roar loud like thunder. And it means that all of us coming together to be the difference we want to see in the rest of the world is a sure hit no matter what. You can't lose with that attitude. For sure. So um, we find uh, real, real favor in the creator's eyes to be able to be the extended hands of making a difference in the lives of those that are going through this battle. It's a battle for them. For sure. Uh, you go to marchforcancer.org. It's easy to register. It's it's a, it's a clean website. You go right there, register link. Boom, takes two seconds. It's like no time at all. And, uh, and you guys are, are signed up to go. Can't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. It's- indeed, indeed, and and we want to thank Entercom and the family here for for all of their support. Yeah, in getting the word out. And if you can't make it, you know, some people can't make it next Saturday morning. You either have a job, or you're, you know, it's just too early for you to get up, or you're not going to be in town. 
You can you can donate directly to the fund. This this organization is 100% volunteer. So there's no administrative fees. There's no salaries to people that are putting on this event and and monitoring or managing the funds uh, that are associated with with providing support. Uh, our corporate sponsors are unbelievable. They step up and they help pay for all of the all of the costs associated to put the event on. And from participant one, your registration fee goes into that fund to be able to impact the life of somebody. So you can register, you can donate, you can become a sponsor, and you can even fundraise. So you can you can sign up and then create a fundraising portal. Share it with all your friends, share it on Facebook, on social media, or even to your email list, and help to rally that way and create support. So marchforcancer.org, go online, support us. Uh, we really appreciate the community stepping up and, and playing a big part in allowing us to, to be those extended hands, as Tommy Absolutely. mentioned, and, and impact lives of people that are, that are in, we talk about fights and MMA and boxing. It's nothing in comparison to, the, to fighting for your actual life. And, and what most people are doing in, in as they're faced with cancer today. I'll send you guys out a, a link after the show because we got to get out of here. But, um, yeah, if you guys want to register, I'll send out the link for you at Brendan underscore Tobin at 7 of the ticket so you guys can uh, get to the link as easy as possible. Um, but we will see you guys out there next Saturday. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, the ticket. So that's today's show, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, wasn't able to get to a lot because obviously we were doing some uh, some plugging for March for Cancer there, but I can't, you know, stress it enough. It is an important part of our show, an important part of Seaman Tommy Gunn's life, and they are the lifeblood of the show. I, I really, uh, I really do mean that. And so, you know, that's why we uh, we didn't have a chance to get into a little bit of stuff from UFC 224. So, gonna run down a little bit of what we missed at UFC 224. And uh, then some news and notes that happened this week, and we'll do some picks for next week as well. So, Kelvin Gastelum versus Jacare Souza ended up being fight of the night. Really, really hard. One of the hardest fights to score in a long time that I can imagine. Um, but I do think they got it right. I do think Kelvin should have gotten the slight nod. I would have given no argument if Jacare was able to pull it out because I thought he had a great first round. He was hitting him with some monster, monster shots. Couldn't believe the stuff that Kelvin was eating. Eating, and I, I look at my and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, is is Jacare just got nothing behind that, or is just Kelvin got an iron chin? But I, I gotta go with Kelvin just got an iron chin. He was eating such clean stuff, which is why it was hard to give him the rounds flat out because he'd come out there and he'd hit you with some big combinations. Um, but he was eating such monster, monster hits from Jacare. But I, I just go with the fact, well, they weren't doing anything to him. He was walking through him like a zombie. So I gave Kelvin the slight edge. He's now in a good spot, middleweight man. I wouldn't be surprised if he is next in line for that title shot. And it, it's it's interesting this because I want to get to Mackenzie Dern in a second. She submitted Amanda Cooper in round one, and and she missed weight by seven pounds. And I don't think Kelvin's ever had one that. But I think the worst he had was. Uh, was five, I think, was the worst that he had. Maybe maybe there was a worse one that I don't recall. Um, but Kelvin's been really, really bad about missing weight in, in, in the part of his career. That's why he's fighting at middleweight. I mean, ideally, a guy of his stature is probably a welterweight, but he fights at uh, he fights at, at middleweight. And it's, it's interesting seeing his success, and you wonder if Dern can turn around and do the same thing because missing weight by seven pounds, look, 
plenty of fighters have told you this is this is disrespectful. This is egregious what she's out there doing. And the other thing is nobody holds really their feet to the fire on this stuff. Missing weight has become so acceptable in mixed martial arts. It's almost comical. You know, uh, we, we had this long discussion this uh, a couple weeks ago about Kevin, Kevin Lee missing weight, and he missed weight by a couple pounds to fight Edson Barboza. But it was almost an aside. Nobody cared when we were talking about in the aftermath of him wailing on Edson Barbosa for for uh, for all those rounds. You know, nobody ever brought up about the fact of hey, uh, you know, you missed weight by a little bit. Nobody, it wasn't even a topic. You know, he's doing the media tours. Everybody's saying, oh, he should get Khabib next. He should get Khabib next. And I'm like, you know, there's other contenders in this in this thing where they've made weight. And not only that, if I'm putting him in a fight with Khabib, at least I know half of the battle's probably over because Khabib making weight is enough of an issue onto himself. It's just not looked upon, I think, uh, as poorly as maybe it should be. And, you know, just the reason being, like, look, what do we have weight classes for? That's all. You know, I'm 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 not the uh, the the most self righteous or or outrighteous person when it comes to fighting I don't you know I didn't mind the PED era the TRT era the pre-USADA era I like that I liked ba- I like steroids in baseball um I don't you know I, I'm not naive enough to turn a blind eye to what's going on in the NFL you know but with but there's a couple things one if a guy doesn't make weight he's not agreeing to his contract um and when they're when we're talking in the in the ranks of fighting for championships, if they're not fighting in a catchweight, what are we fighting for? Otherwise, just have an open weight bout. You know, you agree upon a weight, and I think that it's on you to make that weight. Um, and so, with, when Mackenzie misses it by seven pounds, it doesn't even feel like she's trying. Like I know she said, "Oh well, they just they asked me to stop. I was looking that terrible." Um, if she's missing by that much, she has to fight a flyweight. I don't. I don't. I don't think. And she's missed this now three times in her career. Even if it wasn't in your organization, she has to fight a flyweight. And first, I think she could be successful there. Um, it's not like you know people say, "Well, she'll be she'd be a small flyweight." I'm like, really? You think? Like, if I look at Paige Van Zandt, or if if I look at you know other people in that weight class, you think I look at her and, and say, "Oh, she can't. She can hang." I, 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 I just don't see her body type and say, oh, she is way too small to fight at 125. I just don't. Um, the problem is if you put her at 125, is that is she even mature enough to then make weight there? Um, because that's always a misnomer. Some peop- people miss weight just because they just don't have the discipline. And if you give them more of a cushion, they're just going to take more advantage of that lack of discipline. Um, so I, I want Mackenzie to find a right home because she's obviously very talented. She's no she's no chump when she gets in there. You know, she doesn't have the crispest striking in the world and the shot Amanda got hit with. I mean, oh, it was a wild haymaker out of nowhere. And I felt bad for Amanda because, you know, she was so passionate about it afterwards. And, you know, she basically got hit by a, 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 a wild shot from a, a, a woman whose technique is not anywhere near where uh, you expect it to be as her career goes on. But she also basically took a punch from a person from another weight class, um, which makes it tough. It makes it it makes it tough to to celebrate that win very much. 
Um, you know, and I know Mackenzie's going through a lot of stuff and she's very young. Um, but hey, if uh, if if she's supposed to be the next coming, if you're supposed to be the next women's superstar, uh, it's going to come with some expectations. And I thought that was disappointing to see. Um, finally, John Lineker got himself a, b- a big win over Brian Keller. I had that in Doom Picks in my midday show. I, I picked Keller simply because I love the nickname Whitey Mouse. I think it's fantastic. Um, but Lineker was strong, man. He looked he looked fantastic. Really, really impressive. Um, looking at the fight notes from yesterday. The only other thing I missed was Aaron Pico. Um, he got a big win over Lee Morrison. I know people were very impressed by his body shot. That got Lee, you know, got Lee in a very, with a body shot with a really weird spot because Lee was actually on the ground, so he hit him with a body shot wall like I was on his knees, which shows you how accurate Aaron Pico is. Aaron Pico is tremendous. He is really, really talented. I'm almost ready to see him step up in competition. Some guys you just know, like, they're they're uh, they're too good for this, and I know he had a, um, a bad, bad mistake in his first fight where he got clipped, dropped, and submitted. Um, he needs to, he needs to, it's time to, it's time to, uh, to, to give Aaron Pico a little bit, a little bit stronger competition. I think he's, I think he's proven his point and, uh, I'd like to see him now dragged into some waters a little bit. I think, I think his confidence is back to where it probably should be. So, uh, that was my only takeaway from his, uh, from his fight. All right, let's, uh, let's hit the speed bag. Um, speed bag is a, a bunch of topics I want to hit real quick before we head out of the show. Speed bag wise, Tyson Fury looks incredible. Boxing, we'll start there. Tyson Fury looks incredible. He uh, he looks prime for his comeback, which is supposed to be in June. Him and Shannon Briggs, Shannon the Can, let's go, champ. Uh, they were on a live chat with one another while Shannon was in the bathroom, and they seem to agree on a future bout. I think it would be. I, I really believe this. Shannon Briggs versus Tyson Fury will be the greatest fight promotion of our time. Those two guys are the two most charismatic, flamboyant, don't give a bleep, trash talkers, instigators, interrogators. I can't wait to see that fight lead up. And uh, and I think Shannon's got tools to win that fight. You know, obviously Tyson Fury should be the favorite. He's the former lineal heavyweight champion of the world, uh, two years or three years removed. You know, Shannon hasn't been champ now for about a decade. But, you know, Shannon's got that cannon cooker, man, right to that. Look, at uh, he gets it right to that body of Tyson Fury's. I think it could be problems. Um, on the UFC side, we have a lot of stuff I wanted to get into. Nate Diaz, this was a big thing. Dana White came out this week, and he says that he wants to make Nate Diaz versus George St. Pierre, uh, that they were close to making that at lightweight. He talked about that on the Unfiltered UFC podcast. Nate Diaz is all BS. Um, he says they're selling wolf tickets, and that's an interesting one. Uh, and Dana, you know, interesting enough, Dana came out the week beforehand when all these rumors were starting to come out, and he said that it was BS too. But now he's saying that it's getting close. So I don't know what to believe there. I know I would be into that fight. It's a little bit weird. I feel like George should only go to 155 if he's going to fight for the title. But um, I can understand them wanting to do a fight just to prove he can make the weight. Um. Also, the news with Dana White this week, Yair Rodriguez, Pantera, really, really promising. One of the top prospects in UFC, really, really promising career. He was cut. He was released by the UFC. He turned down fights with Zabit. He turned down a fight with Ricardo Lamas. 
And the UFC told him to kick rocks. He actually even tweeted out fake news. Hashtag fake news after all the Zabit rumors are coming out. And Dana White, after he cut him, he put out real news. So Dana White stays Team Petty, man. He stays Team Petty. But, you know, there were a lot of diff- different things here, you know, different rules. You know, there's different rules for different people. First of all, look, in sports, there are different rules for different people. Let's just, let's be honest with it. You know, people are like, oh, well, the UFC backs Mackenzie Dern after she missed seven pounds, but they cut Yair for turning down fights. Trust me, I bet you Yair's turned down a lot of fights. Let, these are just the ones they're talking about now. But I'm sure Yair's been turning down a lot of fights. He took a thumping from Frankie Edgar. We haven't heard from him. He hasn't been around. So if you're not going to fight, that's the point of keeping you around. Now, he's going to land on his feet. He's going to go to Bellator. But it is a bummer that he he's turned – like. He, if if it's true they gave you Ricardo Lamas and they gave you um, Zabit, if they gave Ricardo Zabit, if you didn't take Ricardo, I mean Ricardo is a top five contender. Um, he's just coming off a vicious knockout loss. It just seems that that seems primed for you. So I don't know, man. I think uh, I, I can't get on the UFC too much for that one. Um, this was an interesting one. Rose Namajunas told Conor McGregor F you when he tried to apologize over Instagram for the moving Dolly incident from UFC 223. Rose doesn't like Conor. She doesn't like Conor. You're interviewing her. She could tell like when she had that whole spiel about, you know, you should act like class with the, with a champion. It's pretty much, it's, it's, it's not hard to weed through it to show you that she's not a fan of Conor and her shenanigans. And, uh, that was uh, that was that was interesting to see. So, Connor also released footage this week of himself uh, training. So, hopefully that we're getting that comeback fight soon, man. I don't really think anything is going to come from that incident. It seems like Connor is going to skate on that. Um, but if he is coming back, I hope it's I hope it's uh, against Khabib. I hope it's not GSP. I want to see him versus Khabib first, and I hope it's in Russia. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, and I think they're coming in September. Be fun, man. That'd be a fun, fun matchup. Uh, and finally, finally, before we get out of here, um, some predictions. We got UFC Fight Night in Chile. Damian Maya versus Kamara Usman. Uh, who was Usman supposed to be facing that got out of this fight? Was it Kiesa? No, it wasn't Kiesa. Who the hell was he supposed to be fighting? Ah, uh, drawing a blank. But now he's fighting Damian Maya. It's hard for Kamara Usman to get fights, man. Um, you know, I was listening to Michael Chandler on Joe Rogan's podcast this week, and they just say this guy is the real mother bleeping deal. Kamara Usman, Ultimate Fighter alum, um, does everything well, super dangerous on the ground. Um, so I think that is a reason enough to tune into him versus Damian Maya. Damian Maya is always dangerous. Let's be honest. I mean, that's not a guy that you uh, you want to face. So it'll be interesting to see that from this perspective. If Usman's going to want to go to the ground with Damien, you know, that is Kamara's bread and butter. Um, but you're talking about going in there with a bow constrictor, man. That's one of the best in the game. And next week, we got on Showtime Boxing Adonis Stevenson versus Badu Jack. I think Badu Jack's the best boxer nobody talks about. He really is. I think he's incredible. The way he, he dealt with Nathan Cleverly that last fight, um, I think Badu Jack is. is the best boxer nobody talks about. Think he should be a bigger star. 
think he should have more people's attention. Um, the look, the skill set, cool Nick Badu Jack the Ripper. I just think he's tremendous. I love. I'm a huge Badu Jack fan. Also, a guy who was basically discovered by Shannon the Cannon Briggs. I'm into that. And Gary Russell Jr. He's uh, he's in there next week against Joseph Diaz Jr. Um, so we get to see Gary Russell, Mr. Gary Russell, back in there. And I think Gary Russell gets the win there. So I got. Uh, I'm going to go Usman. Also, I didn't do a pick there. Usman over Damian Maya. I think he's going to get the win. So that's our show for this week. Everybody have an awesome, awesome rest of your week. Marchforcancer.org. Please register if you can. Marchforcancer.org. Uh, we're going to leave you with this. Had a conversation with our former boxing light heavyweight champion, Antonio the Magic Man Tarver this week. Can't recommend it enough. He was tremendous. He brought the fire. Uh, so you'll hear my conversation with Antonio Tarver if you guys want to stick around. And uh, you won't be disappointed. And everybody have a great week. Have a happy Mother's Day week. Be good to your wives. Be good to your moms out there. Um, without them, we screwed. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Let's go out to Ryan Fields and downstairs convenience stores guest line. Always excited to talk to this man. Truly says beyond convenient. Antonio, the magic man, Tarva, the champ, joining us on the guest line. Thanks for joining us, champ. Really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me, my man. What are we talking, boxing today? Talking boxing. Man. You're looking good, man. I see you in the gym. It's look, you're looking right. You're looking in shape, ready to go back in there. Man, you know it, man. You got to stay ready and keep them getting ready, man. <laughs> I, I you was. Want, you want to ask him? What? Go. About. Oh, our debate? <laughs> Oh, okay. Come on, man. Champ, before we get into boxing, we had this debate on earlier this week, and we needed to get a, a firsthand resource from this because you, share, you shared a, a movie ring with the man, Sylvester Stallone. So Stallone okay. and Hogan. Hogan comes out, and he says he beats Stallone in a straight-up fight. If they were actually fight as two individuals, who do you got in that one? If it was Hulk Hogan versus Sylvester Stallone in a shoot fight, who do you got? I got to go with Hogan, man. Hogan twice the size of uh, Sly. <laughs> Who you telling? Strong. Hey, I mean, Jay, hey, he says Sylvester Stallone is five ten. Google does. Google oh. says that. <laughs> five ten with heels on. He probably five <laughs> <laughs> So he's got the lift up in the fight. I was noticing during that during the scenes because I was trying. I was trying to break down on Rocky Balboa. I was like, man, Tarver is looking down on him pretty pretty hard on this fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Sly in, his, in another world, man, he would be a fighter. He, he has it in his blood. You know what I mean? He thinks he's a real tough guy. I mean, at times, he tried me in sparring. You know what I mean? But I was always able to check him and never let him hit me. So, you know, it was kind of frustrating. He, want, he wanted to hit me really hard a lot of times. But because of my instinct and because of my reaction time, he was never able to land a glove on me, man. And it just pissed him off. <laughs> well, that's got to be – Chan, when you're when – you're because you, I always see you training on Instagram. Like, when you're in the gym, does, does is there anybody in the gym who likes to feel a little froggy and think they can they can work with the champ a little bit and you have to show them, I got a lifetime behind this. I, I you, you just can't stay at my level. Well, you know, no, nah, but I have experienced guys that every time I spar – these guys don't know how to work. They be trying to tear my ass up, man, and try, you know, hurt me, and they trying to make a name off me in sparring. And and I'll never forget the last guy I really got into it with sparring was uh was Jennings, and he's a top ten, top five, you know, contender uh, from Philadelphia. And right. um, man, this guy, I'm like, damn, man, you, I like the cameras on in here, man. Slow down. But the thing about it was. He had a, a helmet on. 
All I could see was his little beady eyes. That was the only thing available <laughs> in the headgear. And I told myself right then, if I can spot these guys 20 years, they're going to have to spot me four ounces. I'm sparring in 14 ounces, and they sparring in 18s. And if it, if it get heated, I know how to get my respect with them little small gloves on. So that's how we're going to control the sparring session because these guys don't know how to work, man. They want to get that name. They want to say they knock you down. They want to say they hurt you. But they want bragging rights. But can they do it when the lights are on? That's the difference. Well, I see you doing this cool thing, uh, train with the champ. How can, what, what is that? So you're letting people get, get, get sessions with you to actually get work? Like, are they going through what you do in a camp? Are you working them slow? Like, how does that work out? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked. Training with the champ, man, is one of my hashtags. I just feel I have something to give. You know, with all the experience and the knowledge that I have, and the thing that makes me different is that I can teach what I know. And, you, you know, you see a lot of guys out here. You see Mayweather, he's out there promoting. You see De La Hoya, they promoting. But when do you see them in the trenches with these fighters day in and day out? See, that's the edge that I'm giving these fighters the real technical aspect of boxing that I think every fighter needs if you plan on having longevity in this tough, tough sport of boxing. And I'm doing it with my son, and I'm doing it with everyone that wants to experience what it's like to truly get that technical lesson from somebody that knows. And I think knowing is half the battle. And I always say that I'm humble enough to work with anybody. That's a, that's a gift. Everybody can do that. Everybody can do that. So if you're ever in the Tampa area, and right now I'm actually having classes in the Miami area also Ooh. because I'm in Miami half the week. Go on my website at uh, officialantoniotarver.com, book your session, and I'll see you at the gym. And we're going to work. Now, all I need it. is your heart. All I need is your heart and time. You're going to have to have that heart, though, because <laughs> it's going to get tough. Leroy, field trip. Field Champ, trip. Let's Champ, go. we got to come see you. Let's go. We got to come field see trip. you. Let's go, man. We got <laughs> What's up? <laughs> uh, so you brought up this great idea last week on social media because I was watching the, the Bellew Hay fight and you're like, I want the winner of this fight. And it turned out to be Bellew getting the win. Uh, like what, what speaks better than a, than, a, than a fight promotion? Tony Bellew, pretty Ricky Conlon from Creed, taking on Mason the Lion Dixon from Rocky Balboa. I think that speaks for itself, man. Are you getting Eddie Hearn on the blower or what? Man, you know what? I, I did make contact with uh, one of his uh, close affiliates. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see where it goes. But, you know, Tony Bellew told me in 2016, right here, right at Miami at the Diplomat, when they had the WBC convention, he said he would love to don the ring with a legend and also with Mason Dixon. He understood the, the, the play there. But I haven't heard from the guy since then. And I always want to remind him of that conversation. So, you know, my thing is this, man. All I need is one name one real credible name to show the world what the whole boxing world has been missing out on. The greatest story never told. That's another hashtag that I have. And, you know, they want to make age a factor, but I ain't, never see, I ain't seen nobody step up yet. You know, so they can say what they want, but these guys know, they know the difference in me and all those other guys. I don't play. I don't play. I can prepare to beat anybody. That's how I feel. I've done it before. I can train to beat anybody. Deontay Wilder, put him in there. He's too green to beat me, man, but they they holding me back. The whole boxing world is holding me back. And it's a shame. 
but I ain't going nowhere because I'm on God's plan. They hoping and praying Father Time knocks on my door. But we got a deal. We got a pact. He ain't coming no time soon because I stay in the gym. And I, I'm in better shape than I've ever been in my whole career. And I tell the world that right now because I never train around the clock like this day in and day out. Only time, to me, man. The is, only time I went to the gym is when I had a contract. But sometimes life makes you do things that you have to do in order to stay ahead of the game. So I'm ahead of the game. I'm just waiting on one name. And I'm going to shake the whole heavyweight division up again, just like I did when I knocked Roy Jones out. I got another date with Destiny, baby. And remember I told you that. I believe They don't understand, man, because they don't understand how I'm staying young. They don't understand how I'm staying healthy because they did me dirty. That's why. And I'm going to have the last say. I'm going to have the last say. I'm going to straighten this out. So when they get ready to work with the magic man, I'm here. But in the meantime, I got another. Look at God. Look how beautiful God is. My son, Antonio Tarver Jr., is a beast with it. And I'm here to tell you, if I ever know anything about boxing, and I get paid to know about boxing, you understand? I'm a commentator. I get paid Mm -hmm. to know about boxing. He's the most gifted fighter I've seen in some time. And everybody thinks I'm blowing smoke. No, no, no. He looks real good. He's one of the most gifted fighters I've seen. You know why I say that? Because. He haven't had 10, 15 years of no amateur experience. He only had eight amateur fights, and he had five professional fights. And if you look at his technical ability and his style, you can't tell that he's missing experience. I've called out all these champions. Bring him in. I ain't heard from nobody. See, this is what I don't understand about boxing. Over here in the United States, I'm going to say that. Over here in the United States, Man, they, they don't help fighters, man. They'd rather see fighters down than help them up. And I think it's a shame when you look at who's on top of boxing right now, running it in the USA. That's why you got guys like Matt Room. There's room for guys out here like Eddie Hearn and mm-hmm. MTK Promotion, MTK Global. There's room because it's so messed up here in the U.S. from the top all the way to the bottom. They're ruining careers instead of building careers. And I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame, man. When you look at everything I gave the boxing. Champ, we got to do got, like this. Come on, man. The Jim, greatest story never told. You're the man, man. Hey, we got we got to yeah. run. You, we got to run. Sure that was beautiful. Can. Don't don't cut nothing out. Don't ex, don't exert nothing. Let it ride, baby. Because we coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, champ. We'll see you, champ. You're the best. Hey, see, hey, see me. See me. Come to the gym. Appreciate the time, champ. That was fun. He was hot. Hey. He was and hot, it, man. It never fails. He starts off laughing, the grins, everything's great. And then something, you know, kind of like you do me. Yeah. Something is said. He was laughing about Rocky. <laughs> Funny. Can't yeah, believe yeah. that, man. I thought he was going to stick by Rocky. No. I guess. Man, Hulk Hogan. Are you kidding me? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go to you. I'll, I'll, I'll bend to your side now just I, because. I already gave you the minus point because <laughs> I knew you were crazy then. We got to go train with him? Yeah, we, we gotta we'll do go that. Over there. We gotta do that. I want to train. I want to train with the champs. So I don't thanks. know about I'm training. I'll go over there and watch. I want to. I want to train. Come on, let's let's work that bag rock. <laughs> Everybody have a great weekend. Have uh, have a great Mother's Day to all the moms out there, and we'll talk to you guys next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.